listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. Hosted by high-stakes headhunter, author, and professional speaker, Scott Love. This is the Rainmaking Podcast, and my name is Scott Love. I'm your host, and thank you for joining me. Today, we have someone who's a combination of a movie star, a rock star, and royalty all in one person. Her name is Sherry Leviton. And our topic for today is rehumanize the sales process. Now, I'm willing to bet that if you're in the business of getting business, you've probably heard of Sherry before. I've seen her on the web for years, and I saw a video that she posted, maybe it was several months ago, talking about a pandemic Porsche. And it was hilarious. And there were several key business lessons that I learned from that. And lo and behold, I ran into her at a conference several months ago. And I got to make good friends with her, and I invited her to be on the show. And ladies and gentlemen, you're in for a real treat today. There is such deep wisdom and insight into our presentation with her that I think you're going to get some great ideas. I'd highly recommend that you go to the show notes, connect with her, look at all of her content, and reach out to her if what she does can help you in terms of your sales kickoff meetings, which is something that she's known for. Anyways, I hope that you listen to Sherry's interview here and take good notes and get some great ideas from that. By the way, if you know people just like her that are bona fide experts in the area of sales, please let me know. I'm always looking for people like this to get on the show. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy. I've got with me on the show today, Sherry Leviton, and I'm excited because she's like a movie star, a rock star. I've been following her for years. I got a chance to meet her in person at the National Speakers Association Conference and ladies and gentlemen, you're in for a real treat today. Sherry, thanks for joining me on the show today. Thank you. I've been looking forward to this, Scott, ever since meeting you in person and right, watching right. you on a stage. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. And the one thing I didn't forget about was watching that video of you talking about the pandemic Porsche experience. <laughs> and we're going to put Sherry's bio link on here with LinkedIn. And everybody, I want you to go and watch that because it was insightful. And it was, it was just an impacting story, and you're a natural storyteller. And so for our listeners today, we're talking about rehumanizing the sales process. So tell me a little bit about that. When you say rehumanize the sales process, Sherry, what do you mean by that exactly? Well, if you look where we are today, Scott, so much has changed in the sales process. I've been, been doing this a long time, for 25 right. years. And when we started, we didn't have internet, we didn't have automation, we didn't have so much noise. I read a statistic, my brother's actually a neuroscientist, that we have created in the last few years five times as much content in the last few years than in all of humankind. Wow. So every one of us wow. is overloaded with content and information. White, you know, if you're a buyer, you know, you've got so much content and information coming at you that you're confused. And right. people would rather make no decision than make the wrong decision. Now, the way out of it is a lot of people start automating and sending emails, and they're not creating human connection. And at the end of the day, I believe today to excel, to do business development, to be a rainmaker, we need to do everything Alexa can't do. Right. So wait a minute. This is heresy for those that believe in technology. You're talking about human-to-human -human contact. Is that right? Well, I believe we've got to have technology, and technology can be our friend, but not at the expense of human connection. There was an interesting uh, book by Sherry Turkle called Reclaiming the Conversation, 
And she said that in first-generation smartphone users, as technology has increased, empathy has decreased by 40%, which is the very skill needed to make sales. Look, we use all kinds of technology and recommend everything from video technology. Obviously, you're going to have a CRM. You're going to have all, you're going to have a tech stack. But the point is, is that sellers today are relying on that rather than breaking through and creating an actual connection. Because at the end of the day, it's still trust and empathy that sells. That Salesforce came out with, that said 83% of all B2B buyers still demand human connection. Well, how can I leverage and automate empathy? (laughs) 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 How can I create an auto LinkedIn send out automated message that conveys empathy is so you're saying we we've really got to be one-on-one we've got to be one-on-one with people at some point in the process well you don't spam them right i mean come on we we talk about leading with empathy and i'll share perhaps the story of the porsche video if you'd like me to sure but leading with empathy really means and we've all had this happen before scott where we you know connect with somebody on linkedin and the immediate thing that we do you may not have done it but it happens to many of us, that somebody connects with us and then they immediately try pitching us and selling us something rather than personalizing. So if we just take that extra 30 seconds and I say, hey, Scott, or hey, George, I see that you live in Ohio. I also see that you love the Humane Society. I have three dogs myself. Now I'm going to open that LinkedIn request. Now I'm going to open that email because you've touched me personally. I also believe today that to really lead with empathy and to rehumanize the sales process, we have to look at an omni-channel approach. And I think that's why that video went viral. You know, we've had almost a million views of a video on LinkedIn, which is extraordinary. And I kept thinking, why did that impact people so much? And it's because since the pandemic, we've realized that rehumanizing the sales process doesn't just mean personalizing, it means going to where the customer is. So the story really quickly, and we'll also put it in the show notes, right, is, right. you know, we were in the middle of the pandemic and a lot of people got pandemic puppies and I decided I wanted to treat myself. I'm old enough. I've been working hard enough. I'm going to buy a pandemic Porsche. Good for you. Right. And so I did what most people do. I got online. There's two dealerships in Utah near me. One's 45 minutes away. The other's an hour and a half away. So I called the first guy 45 minutes away. I said, hey, I see a couple of nice cars on your website. Can you send me some information? The guy says, oh, you're going to have to come into the shop and then you can test drive it. I said, I'm not going to come into the shop. We're in the middle of a pandemic. Can you just send me the pricing and the information? I know what I want. I'm happy to buy it online. No, no, no. You're going to have to come, come through the shop. The guy's name was Roland. So I didn't. And I called the other guy. And I get Sean and that this Porsche dealership's an hour and a half away. I said, Sean, I saw a couple of Porsches on your website. Can you send me some information? Well, he not only sends me the information, he connects with me on LinkedIn, starts liking and commenting on my videos. And then he says, why don't we get on a Zoom call and we can actually design the car that you're looking for? Because I told him I was looking for white with beige interior, hard to find. So we get and we're interacting with each other other on this Zoom. And, you know, I like this and I like that. And so that goes on for a little bit of time. And then two days later, I get this gorgeous brochure in the mail 
of kind of the exact car that that we had picked out. And then I do what a lot of customers do. I went dark. I didn't respond to his emails or his texts because I got busy doing something else. So about a week later, I get a text from Sean that is a video text of the exact car that we picked out coming off the car trailer wrapped like a present. (laughs) He starts taking pictures of this car on his phone. Oh, can you smell the leather? Oh, look at the steering wheel. He says, we're serving chili tonight. If you want to come down and test drive it, waiting for you to come over. Well, of course, I drove the hour and a half, drove the car, had some chili, and went out of that lot with a brand new Porsche Cayenne. And of course, I drove it by the other lot to show the guy who told me I had to come in. I had to pull a little pretty woman. But the point is this. What we learned from this story is that too many sellers and business development people are focused on the sales process instead of the buying process. Interesting. What do you mean? What's the difference between that? Well, rehumanizing the sales process says it's not about how I want to sell. It's thinking what is going on in the mind of the buyer? How do I really lead with empathy, put myself in that buyer's shoes and say, where is the buyer today? Well, the buyer today are on multiple channels. They're on LinkedIn. They're on, you know, they're sitting at their house. They they want a video. So really rehumanizing the process says, how do people consume information today? They don't just consume information by looking at ads or by email. They're on multiple channels. So I need to meet them where they are. That is part of rehumanizing the sales process. It's interesting. I was actually thinking about this, about what's changed in sales training, teaching people how to sell. And if you're in business to business sales, you know what I'm talking about. If you're in professional services that's involved in rainmaking, you're really in sales. And there's there are ways that we can teach people how to sell. And I think in the old days, it was what's the objection and what's the rebuttal? And teaching people that if they say this, then you want to say this. And maybe a little bit of Jedi mind mind techniques in there. But everything I've heard from a lot of experts that I've interviewed in the last 70 plus shows that we've had, there seems to be a lot of conversations about heart, about empathy, like what you're talking about. So do you think that your business has changed? What you teach people about, do you think that's changed since the start of the pandemic? Do you think the pandemic is a line of demarcation in teaching people about how to do business development? The change was happening before the pandemic. I think the pandemic accelerated this change. And really, if you look at any statistics as to why, and again, it depends on your industry. Professional services might be a little bit different than a very complex B2B sale, right? right? right. And even in a very complex B2B sale, the big difference when selling now virtually, and right now, 50% of all sales are still occurring in a virtual environment. Right. And that is a big pivot and a big shift. So let's start with B2B sales. What we know is that when there's four major shifts that happen when you're selling across a screen, we're across mm-hmm. the screen right now. Right, right. So there's huge differences in how we make that happen. The first big shift is how we build trust. So how do I build trust across the screen? Oh, I'll tell you an interesting fact that I just read. I love this. Mm-hmm. When we're face-to-face, Scott, so you and I met at right. NSA. Right, right. When we start 
connected, liking each other and trusting each other, we release a hormone called oxytocin, called the trust hormone. <laughs> and oxytocin happens through the nasal cavity. So that's how we release oxytocin is through the sense of smell. And as we start trusting each other, we release more oxytocin. And it's proven that when somebody has an oxytocin release in their body, they trust you more because researchers have injected buyers with oxytocin. And when they're injected with oxytocin, they tend to spend more money. It's the trust hormone. Mm -hmm. And so what that means is if you think about it across the screen, it's harder to build trust. So right. how do you do that? And there's many ways you do that virtually. You establish virtual presence. You do your homework. You look up people. You know everything about them on LinkedIn. Time is different. Usually people book meetings online in, in 15 to 30 to 60 minute increments. When I meet you in person, if things start to go well and we're talking about engaging each other, we might've had half an hour set aside. Pretty soon we're eating lunch. Then we're inviting other stakeholders and then we're signing a contract, right? So, right? so time is more fluid. And the other thing that happens in the pandemic is, is you have actually easier access to more stakeholders. So there's many differences. I don't have time to go into all right. of them, but you were saying how, how is rehumanizing changed since the pandemic? We're, we've got to figure out how to do it across the screen. And there's a lot of differences. What do you think are the pitfalls that we in business development need to watch out for right now, as we try to really build this empathy to kind of rehumanize what we're doing? I think, you know, and again, it depends if you're face-to-face -face or online, but, but some of them are the same. I would say the three biggest pitfalls that I see sellers make, a failure to really get to know the person before you talk to the person. When I started mm -hmm. in sales, you know, we do a warm up. You see a, the fish on the wall. Oh, you like fishing? That's right. I mean, you know, these are the old days, right? So right, now right. you need to do that research and you build trust by, I call it show me, you know me. Hmm. And if I'm going to get on a new call with somebody, I want to be able to say, I want to show that I know something about them. And that takes time and it takes research and effort. And we talk about the five levels of intimacy in our training. What ways can you connect that are better than others with people to really show them you know them? So that's a major pitfall is just not doing that homework. I would say number two, and I see this all over, whether you're an attorney, whether you're selling software, whether you're selling B2C, it doesn't matter, is that people are still starting talking about their products and services. So we get on the phone. Let me tell you why you want to go with Joe's law firm. Let me tell you why I'm so great. And the truth is, people don't care why we're so great. They care that you understand their business problems and that you listen. That is leading with empathy, asking great discovery questions, which I have a formula for, which I'll share with you, and confirming back that you understand their problem. I will tell you, if you ask good enough questions, listen hard enough and repeat back and can really show the customer that you understand their problem, the deal's 80% done. That's right. Yeah. And they make a judgment about you based on the quality of questions that you ask. Totally. That's what I've learned. Yeah. It works in a marriage too. <laughs> <laughs> it does. That's great. It does. And in any, any kind of relationship, I think yeah. that when you're asking a good intelligent discovery question you're really trying to gain insight, but you're sending a signal to them that I care about you. I got a pitch for a certain service for my business. The guy went into the presentation and I told him, I said, 
this offering that you have will not take me closer to my goals. And then he said, oh, well, what are your goals? I'm like, that's a good question, but we're out of time. <laughs> Sorry. Right. You should have started with that. Right. And that's one of the things I do within our process. I've got a small team. I just launched an associate division team. So we're recruiting associates and partners. And one thing that we tell everybody is that we're in the business of channeling your interests. So it intersects with law firm strategy. It's not the Scott show. It's all about you. So if as we go forward, if this isn't going to help you, that's fine. We might not have the right opportunity for you, but tell me about, and I always uh, talk about pushes and pulls. What is it that's keeping you from being completely satisfied in your situation? And what does your ideal situation look like? So we kind of start the dialogue. And those two lines with our prospects, people that are thinking about moving. So what when you said that you have ways that you train people on building trust, if I heard that correctly, or uh, building intimacy, what was it you said in that regard, Sherry? I was kind of curious about that. You said that you had a certain number of steps on how to do something like that. Yeah, I think a lot of sales training where it falls short is trainers will talk in platitudes, build trust. Okay, what does that mean? You know, look people up on LinkedIn. Okay, so I like to unpack things. And I find people in business development, they they need the tactical and the practical, not just sort of the platitude. So I'll give you a couple of them that as a listener, you can employ right now. So one of them is when you are researching your client, Think about these levels of intimacy. And I'm going to use LinkedIn because so many clients are on LinkedIn. They're probably more likely there than they, again, omni-channel than they are on, on Facebook, for example, or Instagram, right. unless you're selling you know, shoes or dresses or something. But the first thing, the most intimate thing you can do is find something that your buyer posted. So rather than just, I went to school at Texas, if they, I would say something they authored actually is the ultimate. So if I were to say to you, Scott, I love that podcast you did where you talked to Andy Smith and you said this, now I'm showing you, I took the effort to do some research on you. And that shows that I'm connecting with your values, because if you authored it, you value it. That is the most intimate amount of homework that I can do. You authored it. That's a brilliant idea. Number one. That's fantastic. Number, Number two, something you posted. So if I posted something about, you know, if your customer posted something about PETA and the environment and saving the environment, I'm not going to get on the phone and go, yeah, I bagged an elk yesterday. I mean, (laughs) I mean, it's ridiculous, right? But but people do this all the time. You know, you want to really look at what they put. What do they care about? Do they care about diversity and inclusion? Do they care about, you know, you want to understand their children. What is it that they care about? So that's number two type of intimacy. Number three, a trigger event in their company. So are they new to the role? Are they, did something different and new happen? And let me tell you, if there's been a big change in a company, it's a great time for them to buy something. Usually if you have a new head of sales or a new head of the law firm, whatever the case may be, they're usually looking to make improvement and they're open to things. So third thing, I'm going to go to a trigger event. Fourth thing is self-proclaimed attributes. You'll notice most people on their social media write about themselves in the third party. So like dad to twins or strategic thinker, right? So you would comment about something they said about themselves. And then fifth is more sort of the, the hobbies. Like, you know, I see that you love to play bingo. I see that you love to hike. I see that you went here to school. That's 
that's not as valuable again as something that maybe they right. authored. I love that that number one, something that they authored, something that they posted. Number two, I think is great. But I think even if you just stay in that lane as you're doing your prospecting, here's somebody I'm going to reach out to. I'm going to read what they wrote. I'm going to send them a message. I really liked what you said about this. In fact, he's one of my prospects, also a client or whatever, you know, kind of build that connection that way. I really like the way you think. You think in terms, I think it's like a geometric focus. You're focusing on multiple levels, multiple directions, but focusing on those areas that have the highest impact, which is, which is fantastic. So tell me about your offering, Sherry. I'm convinced that you probably have more expert advice for high-level salespeople and those in the business of getting business than most people I've ever met. And I want to learn more about you. And I know the listeners do as well. What are the offerings that you have uh, that can help people listening? And we'll definitely put those links on the show notes. Oh, thank you. We have three offerings that that are very diverse. So the first thing we do is uh, I'm a keynote speaker. So we do sales kickoffs all over the world. We've worked in 40 countries wow, and uh, five continents. And now we're doing virtual keynotes that are insanely interactive and fun. You know, there's still a lot of protocols in different places. So we'll actually go to a studio and do a keynote on how to rehumanize the sales process. We have one on the adaptive seller, how to adapt to the changes post-COVID. And then also on the four pillars of an effective training and coaching program on or offline, because we're finding that a lot of our customers don't know how to train and coach across the digital divide or live either. So we really help them with their training and their coaching. The second thing we do, and this has been really popular, is we're now doing virtual masterclasses. They're six to eight-week classes where we will help a team pivot from a complete face-to-face sales environment to hybrid. And what's fun about that, Scott, is we have assignments, we have Zoom rooms, we have contests, we have all kinds of things to make it a very immersive experience. And sellers actually bring deals that they're working on and we'll help them design their discovery questions. We'll help them write a pre-call plan. And we only allow 30 in a class. So I'm working one-on-one with people and we have actually been able to track increased win rates, shorter sales cycles. So we have KPIs to show this works, which is what's interesting about virtual because I believe that sellers and business development people learn more over time. When you do a keynote speech, it's kind of entertainment. It's one and done, right? Right, But if you can really work on changing the habits to this new way of omni-channel selling, we teach people how to use video in their prospecting. How do I follow up with video instead of that old email so I can differentiate myself and stand out? So we work on all of these types of things. And then the third thing we do is we have a very complete and immersive virtual learning library We're working with a lot of Fortune 500 companies right now and offering them our courses online and then training trainers on how to use our video library within their teams. Uh, This is great. Again, there's so many people that are remote. That's rich. You've got such great content, Sherry. We're going to put your links to what you mentioned on the show notes. And in terms of leaving us with some action steps, if I want to get back into really trying to rehumanize the sales process... What are three action steps you'd recommend that we should start with to kind of go uh, go forward in that regard? Well, I would always say, number one, stop 
and put yourself in your customer's shoes. It sounds so simple, but if you're not doing it, it's advanced. If you're selling to a CFO or a vice president of sales, stop and say, what's this person's day like? What do they care about? How are they measured? And what problem can I solve for them? And do a pre-call plan. Think about them before you ever pick up the phone or write an email and say, what is a day in the life like for this person? And really think that through. Number two, do your homework. I just told you the five levels of intimacy. That's really critical. And then I would say number three, in all of your interactions with that person, look, people don't have time today. Time is the sweetest of all commodities. People are overworked, as I said, overloaded. Every time you interact with them, give them value. You're trying to get their time, give them value. So you never want to send an email that says just following up. If I want to talk to a customer, I got to do my research. I'm going to send them a great article. I'm going to send them an infographic. I am going to give them value as I'm moving them through that pipeline so that that is the differentiator. I will leave you with this. The great differentiator today is not your product and service. It's you. And that is leading with empathy and rehumanizing the sales process. Sherry, thank you so much for being here today. This is significant. I'm sure we're going to have you back here on the show in the future. And thank you again so much for being on the show today. Thank you, Scott. Thank you for listening to the Rainmaking Podcast. For more information about our recruiting services for international law firms, visit our website at attorneysearchgroup.com. To inquire about having Scott speak at your next convention, conference, sales meeting, or executive retreat, visit therainmakingpodcast.com.